0: All right, Alexander, let's talk about what is going on in Ukraine. And let's start off with what is going on on the front lines. That's a good place to start because uh, the Russians are are making a lot of gains. What's the situation on the front?
1: I mean, they're pounding the Ukrainians right across the front lines. And the results are starting to show so just just literally before we started making this program about you know five minutes before confirmation from the Russian defense Ministry that a village called Latorchkinnov west of Avdevka has been captured. Um, it seems in reality that the Russians have captured a whole string of other villages west of Avdevka. The Russian defense Ministry is very conservative about giving that kind of confirmation, but anyway the key takeaway is that the Russians are advancing from Avdevka westward, and they are advancing fast. They're taking place after place. The Ukrainians are being pounded. They're losing lots of men and machines. And there doesn't seem to be any way that they can stop the Russians. And there don't seem to be any fortified lines that the Ukrainians can fall back to, or indeed create before the russians advance still further west towards two important towns mirovgrad and pakrovsk beyond which is the dnieper so you know it, it's a really bad situation in afdevka but the point is it's a pretty bad situation wherever you look so if you go back to the place where the um, famous ukrainian offensive of the summer took place in Zaporozhye region The Russians are now rapidly taking back under their control all the gains, such as they were, that the Ukrainians achieved during that time. You remember that village of Rabotino that the Ukrainians captured about 30 times. (laughs) Anyway, it looks as if the Russians are in the process of completely taking it back under their control. They control around half of it, according to the very latest reports. Um, So Ukrainians badly smashed up there. The bridgehead across the Dnieper in Klinky that we were hearing so much about, that's apparently gone. Russians are pounding the Ukrainians with aircraft and uh, missiles on the West Bank. They've also advancing elsewhere um, in the Bakhmut areas. They're uh, close, apparently, to capturing an important village called Ivanivska. Even the Ukrainians are acknowledging this and they're pressing forward to a small town west of brahmut called chas which was an important position before they advance further still they're attacking another town called krasnogorovka near donet city um, they're close to cutting off all the ukrainian supply lines to the southern donbass and we've just had comments from an important me- from a, a member of the doom- uh, of the rada in the ukrainian Parliament which says that the Ukrainians are really worried about the situation. Right up in the north, in the town of Kupiansk, the Ukrainians are clearly concerned that the Russians are about to renew their attack on Kupiansk. And this member of the RADA said that if Kupiansk falls, it's likely that Kharkov, Ukraine's second biggest city will fall also i mean that's what she said i mean i'm not saying that that's somebody from the ukrainian side has now said that in a tv interview and in fact we're getting reports that the ukrainians are now busy pulling people out of kharkov important government workers archivists people who worked in the prisons the same prisons where gonzalo lira was anyway they're all being apparently uh um evacuated to western ukraine so it's 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 a very bad military situation wherever you look and on top of that we're getting now lots of films of the russian air force and russian missiles destroying i think they've destroyed three patriot systems in the space of a week all of them located very unwisely on ukraine's front lines there were pictures of two more being destroyed, two more Patriot systems being destroyed just uh, yesterday. And uh, there's an article in Military Watch magazine, a US military magazine, which says it's impossible to replace these Patriot systems because the US, quite apart from funding issues, is, sh- is so short itself, of Patriot missiles. So it's a very bad situation. However you look at it, and you're getting the sense of this right across the media, commentaries in the West. And perhaps the starkest indication of how bad the situation is is that no less a person than Annalena Baerbock uh, has just been visiting Odessa, um in West, you know, on the southwest coast of Ukraine. She was supposed to go on and travel to Nikolaev, which is a um Important town on the Dnieper, in fact, and in fact, not on the Dnieper, I think it's the Dniester, but another river uh, near the Black Sea coast. Uh, they suddenly realized that her motorcade was being observed by a Russian drone. So, of course, Annalena had to turn around and go back. She couldn't go closer to the front lines because the Russians were monitoring what she was doing. So, there we go. I mean, that, that gives you, I think perhaps the best sense of all of how bad the situation on the front lines has now become.
0: Yeah. I don't think Annalena had to worry.
1: Ah, I understand
0: the him. precautions, but yeah. I mean, we don't know. Maybe it was a Ukraine drone, but I mean, you know, Russia's not going to, to do anything like no. that. Who even knows? Who knows? Who even knows? Who knows? Honestly. Knows? Um, yeah. Um, what does the 61 billion do then in this situation? Because, we are getting admissions, none other than Victoria Nuland, who says that the 61 billion is going to be used to make weapons in the United States. I mean, they're, they're, if you go by her logic or her statement, there's going to there, there's going to be some time that's needed to make these weapons before you get them to Ukraine. This is not going to be something that's going to be manufactured and delivered in in a couple of days. If you go by her statements, which is this money's going to stay at home that's what they're telling us 61 billion is going to stay in the united states to provide jobs and to make weapons for ukraine what, what are they what do they mean with this statement that the 61 billion will go into contracts and then the united states will give whatever weapons they have in their inventory to ukraine whatever patriots for example they have in their inventory to ukraine as they then ma- uh, make new uh, systems or or what's what's well, happening I- here because if, if I'm understanding everything that I'm seeing, Ukraine maybe has a month or two.
1: Yeah, I mean you're absolutely correct. Now,
0: before it runs I mean, out, before it runs out, yeah. Of, yeah, before it gets critical, I don't want to say before they collapse or lose, before it gets very critical. Yeah, very cool.
1: I, I, I guess that if they get, if they were to get the 61 billion today, they would probably find some old weapons they can dust off and rush to Ukraine pretty much at once and the most likely plausible ones of those are the attack of missiles i mean they've signaled now that they are finally come round to supplying ukraine the long range attack of missiles we've been hearing about for the past 2 years actually um the reason that they haven't sent those attack of missiles is not because they're really worried that ukraine will use them to attack crimea or you, you know deep in russia they've never been bothered about ukraine attacking in these places, as we have repeatedly seen. But the fact is, they, have, they are very, very short of ATAKAMS missiles. The replacement system is still not ready to go into production. So that's why the Pentagon, which wants to hold back its ATAKAMS missiles, because it feels it needs them for the Pacific. That's why it's been unwilling to supply them to Ukraine. But the situation is now so critical. There's so little of everything else left to supply that probably that is what the Biden administration would do. But that's only a fraction. That will only account for a fraction of uh, the 61 billion. The rest, it's going to be used for exactly the things that we've been talking about on these programmes for weeks now and for months now. You've been talking about it, I think, most of all and best of all which is, it's just about sending money round. I mean, it's its not really about helping Ukraine anymore. I mean, there was some of that right at the start of the war in 2022 and early 2023, when they seriously thought Ukraine would win. But now they've sent this, they've got this whole thing running. They got all of the people with the, uh, you know, with their open hands there. They need the money to go round so that's what the 61 billion dollars is for it's to it's to close off to pay off those people who need the payoffs the military industrial complex in the united states which is probably already to some extent invested in long-term new production facilities because that's what they were told to do. Normally, it's for Ukraine, but nobody really believes that because most of that production will only start to materialize in two or three years. They will be angry if the money doesn't come. So it's partly to pay all of those off and all the myriad of other contractors, workers, uh, mercenaries who are not really mercenaries, all of those people in Ukraine, already there and all the other people who are involved in this whole operation so that's what it's for so it's the same by the way about the 55 billion euros over four years that the european union is talking about so it's all about that that's its real purpose it can't change the situation in ukraine jd vance has been actually talking about this really well He says if all that money couldn't change the situation, the money that they gave them before, all the weapons they gave Ukraine before in 2022, 2023, much more than 61 billion couldn't win Ukraine the war. Well, how is the 61 billion going to make any difference? And others, people who are commentators on military matters, Daniel Davis, who we've interviewed, Michael Valterson, who writes about these things from Sweden on Twitter, they've been making exactly the same point. This is just more money. It just goes to keep all the things going round and round, but it isn't going to change the situation on the battlefronts. Everybody knows it. I think deep down, even the Ukrainians do.
0: Right, so then why is Elensky... Um... For, why is he coming out and saying that Ukraine is in in an advantageous position? I mean, oh, I, I understand he wants to sell. I mean, he's, he's trying to to get the sixty one billion. But you know, you you have to you have to also believe that 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 he's still in in a belief that Ukraine can win. I mean, yes, he wants the sixty one billion, but but is he in a type of bubble? Where he is, he still believes that that Ukraine can can win this thing.
1: You know, it was an extraordinary because yesterday he gave one of the most amazing press conferences, even in his career. I mean, that's it was what I'm really, talking about. It was yeah. really off the yeah. scale, actually. So he tells us that the total number of Ukrainian soldiers who've been killed. Is just thirty-one thousand. He says that Ukraine is on the pathway to victory. All of the things we've just been talking about, right at the start of the programme, you know, the Russian advances, the fall of of Devka, the fall of Bakhmut, the uh, defeat of the Ukrainian offensive in the summer. None of that happened, according to Zelensky. I mean, Ukraine is actually winning. I mean, they're well on the way now to marching on Moscow. If you I mean, if you heard him, if you listened and took apart what he was saying, I mean that that was the impression now i think at some level remember he's an actor he's somebody who says these things because it's part of the script he wants to keep the money still flowing he's got lots of people to pay off remember i mean you know ukraine in, within ukraine there are lots and lots of people who need to be paid off there's all kinds of contracts that have been written up out for example for 40 to build these fortified lines The reports that are coming out of Ukraine suggest that these fortified lines, to a great extent, have not been built or are not being built because the money is being embezzled. But of course, you're not investigating that in any seriousness because the whole point about giving out contracts to build fortified lines is precisely in order to get money into the hands of the right people so that those people are then paid off. And of course, it goes back straight back to the US and to all of these interesting jurisdictions, most of which, by the way, are operated by Britain, but never mind. So partly that is why he's saying these things, you know, that 31,000 total is the total number of people killed, which is I mean, if you listen to what Ukrainian soldiers are saying on the front lines, that most of their comrades are dead, that they're down to four men in a company or something, you know, we've had lots of reports like that. Clearly, he's not listening to any of this. But I think at some level, he does also live in a bubble. What did they say about actors? That, you know, in order to be convincing, they have to talk themselves into the role. And Zelensky's been playing this role now for two years. So at some level, he's got to believe these things that he's spinning. And I think he does believe them. I think he really does think that, you know, if Ukraine can keep going for a few more weeks, a few more months, the Russians will collapse. victory will be his. And he will not just be President Zelensky, he'll be President Zelensky for life and he'll be awarded the Nobel Prize and all of the other things that come with that. So I I think at some level there is a genuine belief in this. And, you know, going back to the Simon Schuster articles that were written about him a short time ago, they were all he was already saying that this man is becoming increasingly delusional and out of touch and has no idea what's going on and that even his military people are no longer obeying his orders because they're becoming increasingly rational. And, of course, we go back to the dismissal of Zaluzhny um, and his replacement by Sirski because Zaluzhny was clearly pushing back on some of these increasingly irrational orders, and Zelensky thinks that Sirski will carry them out. It was just a few weeks ago, two weeks ago, for example, that Zelensky and Sirsky were talking about a counterattack in Avdevka to, you know, repel the Russians there and to keep the town under uh, Ukrainian control. And everybody who was following the battle could already see that this was completely, you know, delusional. And yet the order was given and the troops were ordered to go there and they arrived and many of them fell into a trap almost instantly, and many of them were killed, and others of them turned around and retreated. And the air defence missiles, the Patriot air, the Patriot missile systems that were deployed to the Avdevka area in order to support this great counterattack, well, we see the Russians are now picking them off one by one. So he does believe it. At some level, I think he's talked himself into the into believing this fantasy, which he's constantly spinning.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he, I, I agree. he He's acting. He knows he's selling. He's trying to sell uh, Ukraine in order to get the, the success of Ukraine in order to get 61 billion. But you look at him and, and you understand that that there is a belief that he has that, that if he can just last another two weeks or four weeks or three months He's going to win. Uh, you can see he's he's internalized this 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 he's been in this role for too long. <laughs> it yeah. seems like he's been acting this part for way too long
1: um, exactly
0: so yeah, so uh, and he's not alone. he's not alone because uh, I was watching an interview with Sullivan, I believe it was on uh, NBC uh, Jake Sullivan, and he also said uh, that if the 61 billion is approved, Ukraine can win. I'm paraphrasing what he said but that's what he, that's pretty much what he said. If we get the money, we can pull this thing off and we can win this uh, conflict. So I mean, you could fault Zelensky and say he's been in this role for too long, but if he's got people in the Biden White House who are also telling him this, then that reinforces his his role. Absolutely. I mean, they're, they're not helping the situation these guys. Well, indeed. They're not they're uh, not sitting him down and saying and saying it's over, you know what I mean? Keep okay, on please. acting. Zelensky, let's just get the $61 billion and then you can go to Miami and it's all good. No, no, they're they're reinforcing his belief, his yeah, delusion, have, reinforcing you, his delusion.
1: You, you are absolutely right. And they're coming up with increasingly far-fetched and crazy schemes. Now, you know, I got an email um, um, over the weekend from, you know, uh, uh, a very, very um, good source. He's been in touch with you also, I believe. Um, anyway, he was talking to me about this latest plan to create this iron triangle for fortified cities on the Dnieper River, Zaporozhye, Kryvyi um, uh, Krivoirog. And this is going to be apparently the last, uh, you know, the great big fortress line which is going to hold back the Russians. It looks like, you know, they're, this is being prepared in anticipation of the loss of Kiev, by the way. just, 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 Just saying that, you know, it's... It's sheer, total fantasy. I mean, it's, it is impossible to imagine that something like that could conceivably work. I mean, I've had a whole lot of people coming and pointing out to me the utterly, you know, militarily irrational <laughs> nature of this plan. And, but, you know, again, we come back, where is this plan coming from? Nor do I suspect Ukraine. This isn't the Ukrainians themselves coming up with plans like this. In fact, we know that Ukrainian plans are being micromanaged. Uh, the Russians say that there's actually a headquarters in Poland that actually makes the military decisions. This plan comes from people like Sullivan, I'm convinced of it. Just as Sullivan was the person who was behind Sullivan and Newland. Um, were behind the summer offensive to a great extent. There apparently in the in the US in the inside, you know, among the insiders, I've been told again by a good source, a different source, that the summer offensive last year was referred to as Vicky Newland's offensive. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I've, you know, I've heard that. Yes, I've heard absolutely. that too. I, I mean, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, it, it's the same thing. So you know, that didn't work. So we come up with this new great plan the fortified cities that are going to three great, the Iron Triangle, the fortified cities that are going to stem the Russian advance. It, it's, it's just, again, it's, they're people who don't understand war, haven't been following the war as closely, perhaps, as you and I have done, um, aren't talking to the right people. Remember when we did the programme with Daniel Davis, how he was saying that they just don't, Talk to the right people, the real military people, who understand these things. They look. They talk to the wrong people, the ones who tell them what they want to hear. So they come up with these absurd ideas. And I suspect, by the way, that the sixty-one billion dollars, somewhere at some level within their thinking, maybe uh, uh, Newland's thinking, is partly intended to, to create this great fortified line. You know, the three. The, the iron triangle and all of that but there we go i mean you know this whole affair the whole ukraine ukrainian affair has floated on unreality basically from the moment it began it's partly a point that i think you made that they spent so much time narrative spinning and controlling narratives that they ultimately come to believe in the narratives they themselves spin and they lose touch with the re- actual physical reality around them now that can work quite well in you know in, in within the united states and in politics to a certain extent but when you're up against <laughs> a military force like the russians it it just falls apart
0: yeah and, and you know if you look at yerasimov and then you compare him with, say, Millie. I know Millie's gone now, but let's just use Millie. Another big problem that they have is is Yerasimov is is not even close to a politician, nor does he care to be a politician. He doesn't even he doesn't even like the the the, the a photo every now and then. I mean, he avoids. He tries to avoid any type of of public appearance at all. while, while the people that the military people that the Sullivans are consulting with, yes, Millie was in the military, but he's now more of a politician than a military person. I think there there is a huge problem in in the collective West with uh, the military people that they are consulting with because they've morphed into politicians themselves. So yeah, I can absolutely see um, Millie sitting with Newland. I'm exaggerating it a bit, but I can see him sitting down with Newland and Sullivan, and I can see them strategizing a summer counteroffensive. It, I, I don't think it's it's something that uh, that is out of the question, if, if you ask me, because Millie is is also a politician in a way. He's become a politician, and I use Millie. I know there's a new chief of staff, but. Yeah. It seems like he's better than Millie, by the way. I, I get that um, impression anyway, too you're, actually. Yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, you're absolutely right. About yeah. Millie, you're absolutely right. And of course there's also Petraeus and Ben Hodges Precious. and all of these people. The that, guy
0: Bauer that, exactly. that's with the NATO that talks about. exactly. Uh, exactly. All, all these
1: guys, yeah. And all these guys. Admiral Radakin in Britain. They're all they yeah, they're, yeah. they're all they are all like that. I mean I will say this, General Brown, the very fact that you hear so little about him, <laughs> uh scores very high marks for me as far as i'm concerned it suggests that somebody much more uh, you know level-headed and practical and you know really professional is now finally in charge and you're absolutely right about get if him if you get the sense of a professional a military professional to his fingertips he's also by the way an unusual thing in the sense that he's apparently uh, a kind of military intellectual he's thought a lot about war and Things of that kind and about how war should be conducted, and you also get the sense that unlike zeluzhny and Sirski, not to mention the people we will be talking about he is the sort of person who has understands how to conduct an operation, a military operation with hundreds of thousands millions of men on you know uh, and over stretched out over vast territories using. Uh, huge numbers of different weapons. Uh, He has that kind of knowledge, that kind of skill. I mean, he reminds me a little, I'm going to say this, of the sort of uh, Prussian general staff officers and Russian general staff officers of the Second World War. He is in that kind of tradition. You get far less of that today in the US. And, you know, there was a Prussian chief of general staff, von Moltke, One said that the general staff officer should be voiceless. That's Kerasenov. Yeah, absolutely. So um, what about
0: uh, this, the the CIA? Let's let's shift gears a bit and talk about this New York Times article, the CIA and Budanov. um, The New York Times article, everyone's talking about it. Let me find the title of it real quick. Uh, The Spy War, How the CIA Secretly Helps Ukraine Fight Putin. You know, this is a what what are what are your thoughts on this article? Because I'm not going to say anything. I want to hear your thoughts first, but Uh, I'm just going to
1: tell you this: I have a lot of doubts about this article. Let me hear your thoughts. Let me hear. Well, I mean, the whole thing is the whole thing is extraordinary because I mean, one 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 does wonder a great deal about why this article has appeared now (laughs) and what exactly its purpose is. Because if you take a step back and think about it you know we've had all these you know assassinations going on in the you know the donbass of uh, donbass militia leaders uh um all kinds of activities deep inside russia going on for a long long time and if you take a step back and think about what this article says it tells you that the cia has been involved in all of that that they've actually been micromanaging it so you know after all those denials after all those pretenses those militia leaders were killed in in internecine conflicts it, it it makes it sound suddenly like it was a cia operation all along because when the cia works with an intelligence agency and trains it that basically tells you that the cia is really running it because ukrainian intelligence isn't Going to not follow CIA instructions and saying that Budanov was trained by the CIA, all but identifies him as a CIA asset. Now I don't know how true any of this is, by the way, but it it does make one wonder whether there isn't somebody there in Washington who says enough, enough, we've got to stop all of this. Uh, um, you know, we're going to this this whole story about what the CIA has been up to for so long. It's time we close this whole operation off because it's getting out of control. And I would have thought it was Budanov himself in a very difficult position. Anyway, those are my immediate thoughts. I was wondering what you think.
0: No, I, I was just wondering. I wanted to ask you: Do you think this is some sort of pitch from the CIA to to get funding? Because when I was reading the article, I mean, it it's, it made a lot of interesting claims. Like um, it was this operation that foiled an assassination of Tepan Zelensky. It was this operation that prevented uh, Yanukovych from coming back. It was this operation with MH17, and and found the audio recording of the of, of the Russians during MH17, and pointed to the Russians. Um, uh, the siege of Kiev. Uh, the Russians are planning to encircle Odessa. But it was this this group. I mean, the, the part that I have. I, I agree with you. It's it, it, it's so strange because the New York Times is basically telling us that the CIA had twelve secret locations in Ukraine where they were sabotaging uh, the Russians, giving drone coordinates, all of these these things, uh, assassination of of uh, these officials. And um, and these like secret locations and all of a sudden, the New York Times is allowed to enter one of these bunkers and to, to just get a report about all of this stuff. And, and, and I, I don't know. I mean, well, I, I just, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just – and Burns was in – I just want to say that Burns was in Kiev just like a week yeah. ago. And then you yeah, have no. this story come out.
1: Yeah,
0: no. well, and, and Burns was there because the narrative is he wants to reassure Ukraine about money. But I, I don't knows. know. That's
1: who knows. I mean, that, I, 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 I that's where say, my my mind went. I'm going to say, so, I mean, yeah, I I, had, I didn't pay very much, take very much notice about all the claims about all the successful <laughs> operations that are described there, because I mean, a lot of that looks to me absolutely made up and fantasy. Yeah, it's yeah. it's an attempt to try and make it all look as if you know they were involved in all sorts of clever things. I I should say, I mean, you know. I, I, some of it, actually, if you take a step back and think about it hard, um, might not even reflect particularly well on the CIA. Those radio intercepts, for example, on AMH-17, um, there is, I mean, I think I'm right in saying even the court accepted that they had been manipulated. So, I mean, you know, uh, you know it, it would imply that, and that is, by the way, the whole basis of the case that's been brought against the militia, the Donbass militia, in MH17, in the MH17 case. So it, it doesn't actually that doesn't look really good, but it looks as if to me they're stringing together a whole list of supposed successes that I, I am very, very dubious about. But you're absolutely right. I mean, why has it come out now? Why is this? Strange story being disclosed at this particular moment. It could be that it is the CIA. Perhaps they see the writing on the wall. They're saying, you know, we're going to we're going to showcase all that we managed to do, all our great achievements. So give us more money, give us more support, give us money going forward because we're obviously the right people to engineer this insurgency in Ukraine, which is plan you know, Plan Z or whatever reach, reach plan is reached. It could be that. I also have to say, I do wonder whether at some level it might not just also be somebody has had enough and is saying, look, the CIA's been up to all this kind of stuff and it's the murders that I think are the most um, damaging part of it and the time has come to, to close this whole thing down. Uh, I mean, the Russians must be getting very close to overrunning some of these bunkers. We're told some of them are near the border. And the Russians supposedly are coming very close to taking Kharkov, for example. So it could just be a way of closing this whole operation down, bring the people back, saying enough's enough, we end this. Or it could be, as I, as you said, it could be that they're trying to Prepare themselves for something else. Yeah, I wonder. That,
0: I wonder if this is also maybe this is Ukraine um, PR and media working with the New York Times to to try and safeguard the CIA's presence and, and the money flowing to to these uh, intel agencies. I, I don't know. Uh, oh, uh, quite you know, closely. You, you, you could say closely. this. Maybe was maybe this was the CIA and the New York Times, but maybe this was actually ukraine and the new york times in order to keep to try and keep the cia in and to try to keep the money in most importantly for for all these people that are working
1: there. Quite, I, I don't know quite quite yeah. plausibly can i just make one point which is that going back to uh, the political crisis in the united states that took place after the 2016 election with all of this going on in ukraine i mean even if you except that there's an awful lot exaggerated there, really very greatly exaggerated. But I'm sure there is a kernel of truth to this, that the CIA was operating in all of these kind of things. Having a president coming in who wants to shut this all down must have been deeply alarming for some people in the CIA, given how much they had clearly been investing in this operation. And... It clearly has its origins in the Obama period. So, you know, just just think on that too. Yeah, just a final thought in
0: closing. Uh what when you read this article, you know, it makes you it makes you wonder what are the Russians thinking? I mean, if anything, this article actually is makes the case for the Russians to to make sure they I mean, what can you say? They control as much as Ukraine as possible. I mean, mean, because you know, this is this is a huge security risk. I mean, it's all laid out: twelve secret bunkers along the border, surveillance targets, everything. I mean, if you are the Russians, you say, "Well, we got to we got to control as much of this as possible because
1: you know they're launching attacks against us." Well, going back to agencies. Well, going back to twenty twenty two, going back to the Russian perception that uh ukraine's entry into nato would be an existential threat to themselves (laughs) going back to russian claims about nato and u.s aggressiveness towards them well you just had the proof (laughs) all of this was going on long before notice again long before the um um special military operation was started. And was all going on, even as supposedly the Russians and the French and the Germans were purportedly working to try to get the Minsk agreements implemented. So all of this going on like that. I mean, it's it's very dark and very, very ugly. And I would have thought it goes some way. To establishing the Russian case, just say
0: exactly. Which, which, once again, you get back to the question: Why is this published in the New York Times? Well, exactly. Why
1: this? Why exactly? Yeah, I'd have thought yeah. it. I, as I said, it, to me, in the end, it looks damaging rather than helpful. Despite the attempts that have been made to try to talk up, you know, all the great achievements and successes and all that kind of thing. I I can't really see that um, it helps either the CIA or the US or NATO at the end of the day. If anybody, if it helps anybody, it helps the Russians. I mean, you know, uh, uh, Putin, when he meets Modi or, you know, Lula, when he meets Lavrov or Putin have to do and Lavrov need to do or, you know, Take out, you know, this article in the New York Times and say, look, this is what the Americans were doing to us. How can you say we were wrong in doing what we did? And, you know, Lula and Modi will almost certainly agree. Just saying.
0: Yeah, Yeah, it's yeah. It depends who this was written for. What's the audience? Because there's a lot of money at play here. So I I don't know. You know, maybe, maybe they don't care. Maybe they don't care what Putin and Modi think. Maybe this is targeted yeah. at Congress, and this is targeted at just getting more money funneled to to the F, to, to the CIA, or or maybe maybe this is about getting more money to Ukraine or the well, people you,
1: working in the intel agencies in Ukraine. I, I don't know. Yeah. You, you may very well be right about the second. I mean, it might be it might be that whoever is publishing this actually thinks that in terms of U.S. politics. CIA's reputation in the US, support for Ukraine, this is all going to be helpful. If they really think that, then it demonstrates again why the US is losing its international position. Because in India, in China, in Brazil, across Africa, in the Middle East, let me just think what someone like MBS, for example, who is, I'm sure, aware of this article. What he's going to make it. Yeah. All right. We maybe one day we'll
0: find out what's going on anyway. Well yeah, we'll leave it there. The Duran.locals.com. We are on Rumble Odyssey Bitchute, Telegram, Rockfin, and Twitter X and go to the Duran shop. Fifteen percent off all T shirts. Take care.